Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Mr. Rushforth, Mr. Napolitano. Good morning. morning. Buongiorno. It's a very Buongiorno. special day. Oh, oh why is it We're special? We're going to Frank's tonight. Are we? It's we National are? Lasagna Day. Oh, Ooh. National Lasagna so why, Day. Why are we having steak tonight? My wife said we're having steak. Why are we having it's steak? It's National Lasagna Day. What's we going on? We can put on? it off a day. We can have it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday's pasta day for yes. us. He just didn't want us to come over, Paul. Yes, I think so. I think so. <laughs> a little cool today. It is a little nipply, that's for sure. It matches the market? Oh, it definitely matches the market, yeah. It's, it's you know, I've... It's funny, almost every day someone stops me and the question they always ask is what's happening in the market? What is going to happen in the market? And it's, it's really hard to tell. I mean, it's, it's, I can usually predict just about every market, what's going to happen. You know, here's where it's going to get busy. Here's where it's going to be a lull and get a little bit tired and sleepy. You know, here's what's going to happen in the fall. What happens over Christmas? But in this market, it's just, we don't know what's happening with rates. And if you don't know what's happening with rates, it's hard to predict what's happening. I know for a while, people were able to stomach those rates and, you know, they knew they were high, but those last two rate announcements that where they hiked them up a quarter point each time, it kind of just, I mean, don't get me wrong. Homes are still selling. I mean, yeah. we, we had, we had, I think I had a text from one of my agents. We had three sales just yesterday alone and, and one of them went to multiple offers. So it's still happening, but it's just, you know, people's expectations. We're dealing with a lot of grumpy sellers right now and it's tough because, you know, a seller gets promised a certain dollar that their house is going to sell for maybe by another agent or by the, you know, what they think it is. And then, you know, we come in we have to do a price reduction. Maybe we have to do a second price reduction and then the grumpiness comes and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. It is stressful when you're selling your home. But, but the market is the market. Right? The market is what the market is. And it's hard to, I mean, if we're not selling properties, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure there's lots of people not selling properties. We're doing the right thing to get them sold. The problem is, is the market's the market. We've, we've seen a lot of first time home buyers have to leave the market. Uh, which has pushed up the rental market, um, you know, and with the first time home buyers don't get into the market, those move up buyers can't move up. Those move down buyers can't move up because the move up buyers aren't buying theirs. So it's it's just a, it's a bit of a perfect storm, you know, and I had a, a an agent who got into the business during COVID say to me, he's like, wow, this is a crazy tough market. And I'm like, this is real estate in Ottawa, to be honest with yeah. you. What you saw going through COVID, and I know a lot of people got into the business during COVID because they saw people making lots of money, but the truth is, this is an Ottawa real estate market. It's a tougher market, but at the same time, just like Frank's industry, when you're going through a market like this, this is where the really, really top realtors rise to the top because they've sharpened their skills, they know what they're doing, and it's really, really important to, to list with someone who's really, really sharpened their skills and has the right uh, game plan for your home to get sold. And so I don't mind these type of markets. It's it's it just strengthens what we actually do. So I just I'm okay with it. Have days on market gone up the past? They are, but they're only slightly going up. You know, like I think uh, I have the stats here. They're they're buried right there, but the days on market went up two days last last month. So nothing major, but so what are we twenty three, twenty five? But we're twenty six days on market right now. Which if I would have told you, you know, six seven years ago when days on market were like four months, I would have said, wow, struggling market right now. We're twenty six days on market. You would have been like, what? That's amazing. Yeah. So we're still less than a month, and that's still a seller's market, right? We mentioned before, from zero months to four months is a seller market. From four to six is a, is a, is a balanced market, and six above is a buyer's market. So we're still in a seller's market. It just feels slower, mainly because we've gone through such a crazy time. What will it take to change people's attitudes again? Would a pause do it, or do the rates have to come down? 
a combination of both, but more, I think what Canadians want to feel is like we've peaked. They're just the uncertainty. I think we all right want now. to feel that, don't yeah, we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rates have peaked, Steve. This is the a real rate. estate show, Steve. Yeah. The interest rates have peaked, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uncertainty scares scares people. The uncertainty of of buying a house today and feeling like the property values may come down because interest rates may continue to rise, that scares people. Whether it's an unseasoned first-time home buyer or whether it's a seasoned home buyer who purchased their home 25, 30 years ago and paid 200000 for it, now it's worth a million and they're scared to make that, that next step, whether it's down or up. You know, they're scared to sell their million-dollar house and Maybe get something smaller for eight hundred, and then have that eight hundred go down to six or seven hundred. They don't think that their million is going to come down because they think that's set. Yeah. But it's the uncertainty, I think, that that scares a lot of Canadians today. Again, you've got banks that are really aggressive at calling customers who have mortgages coming up for renewals six, eight, twelve months ahead of time. You know, asking them to consider early renewing, which, in my opinion, doesn't make a lot of sense because. There's no proof that rates are going to continue to go up, not to mention the fact that you're likely in an interest rate that's probably 2% lower than the going rate today, maybe up to 3% lower. So why would you give that up early? Are they offering special deals at least? or is Well, it- they're telling clients that they're special deals, but they're not. I mean, we're touching sixes. Most banks on a five-year mortgage today, it doesn't start with a five anymore. It starts with a six. That's crazy. So that is extremely high, especially... If you're coming off a 3% mortgage, I mean, that's insanity to early renew at this point. You're best off to sit it out right now and just wait until closer to your maturity date, especially if you're in the spring or summer of next year. Now, now if you're this fall or this winter, I still think that there's a probability is there that we may have peaked with the interest rates and we may start to see, you know, fixed rates start to come down. We just haven't seen it this week because – What's interfering is the American use seems to be coming out a lot more positive than the Canadian, and the American markets tend to really trigger what happens in the Canadian bond markets. So, but they raised their rate this week, and yes. so did the central bank in Europe. Exactly. So that's why we saw the bond markets go up, and all of a sudden, lenders are raising their fixed rates again. I will say this. The spread on the fixed rates that the lenders have today is nice and generous. So... There is movement. There's potential for for these rates to come down, and for there to be a little bit of negotiating on the rates. But uh, banks are pretty heavy on their profit margins right mm-hmm. now, and they're hitting their last quarter now. So the most, uh, almost all banks, their year end is October 31st. So they're trying to make sure that they get to that profit target that they're looking for. So here Steve, come more Steve, early renew calls. You talk about what it will take to to not spur this market on, but even just get people. A glimpse of optimism. Glim- yeah. Glimpse of optimism. Supply. So I saw I saw total optimism the last time they just held rates steady. I think it's going to take a rate drop in order to, for that optimism to pick up this time because those last two rate hikes really put us in a territory that it's hard now to carry that mortgage. I think it would, who's telling me the other, maybe it was, Frank, I don't know. Someone's saying that what what the average income here is in Ottawa is not sustainable for the average sale price here in Ottawa. Yeah. It's just not. And so it's it, there's so many people that can't get into this market right now. We need a rate drop in order, in my opinion, to have some optimism. Frank last week read, read five different headlines, five different days from the same paper, and they're all contradictory. 
I saw that this week too. Sent out an article to my team saying, you know, this this is going to be followed. It's going to follow what happened in 2001. And after that, the rates just started dropping drastically. And this and that, the next day, rates are here to stay for, I'm just like, what? So I'm setting that now up to my team. they're saying March before they come down. Well, some are saying 2025 now. Yeah. Some are saying 2025 before we get back to sort of like a sustainable rate, which is probably going to be three and a half, three, something like that. That's a long time for people to be carrying these mortgages before they actually come down. And, and I, I mean, I'm in the industry that I get to see this. Frank's in the industry, but I'm really tired of going to see people that are actually in financial trouble. It's, it's hard. It's, it's disheartening. Like it's, and especially not just financial trouble as in living paycheck to paycheck, but can't afford their mortgage. Their mortgage, some people, their mortgage is 50% of their income. And is, not the ones that are in variables. So I hear people say, well, it's their fault. They took a variable, which at the time was the best choice and has been for 30 or 40 years. This is just the first time that we've seen prime rate increase at the level it has at at the short timing that it has. In history. So, in history. So it's, it's clients that bought a house five years ago and listen, they've got additional equity in their home. That's awesome. But additional equity doesn't pay your mortgage unless you have to borrow more to put money aside to pay your mortgage which some people are having to do, specifically seniors. Seniors' pensions go up very marginally every year, while the cost of living has gone up substantially higher than that. Mm. So we're seeing seniors that are having to, hoping that they would be close to mortgage-free, now having to increase their mortgage, increase their amortization, just to make ends meet, to stay in their home. And we're also having the average family that has two incomes that just doesn't make ends meet and the lenders now are very tight. The, the box to borrow is very tight. They're outside that box. So now we're having everyday Canadians, having we're having to put them in alternate lenders, which charge 1% more than the banks do, 1% to 1.5% more, plus a fee on top of that, because the rates have gone up as quickly as they have. And it's disturbing to me because you hear our finance minister brag about that we've got the lowest inflation rate um, of all the G7s. But it's not apples to apples. Yeah. Other countries use other factors to to determine what their inflation is. So, and at what cost? And it, exactly. So again, it's disappointing. I think I think our government has let down Canadians, and that's the way that I feel personally. So. Uh, well, the good news is the agree. economy, even though it was up slightly in May, looks like June has gone negative. The other way. So mm-hmm. maybe September will be positive. You think? Common sense would say so, but common sense is out the window, I think, these days. It, it, it doesn't feel like either the governor of Bank of Canada or the politicians really see what's happening out there. They just, they've got their blinders on and they have no idea what, what, what they're, most they're Canadians are going through. as opposed to wondering exactly. what people are doing. Exactly. Yeah, they're trying to hit that target number rather than look at the, everything as a whole. Yeah, can we not change that target number? Yeah, yeah change like, it to three. So, so we're at two and, and you know what? We're Take two. shelter out of it and inflation's below 2%. Yeah. If you take the increased cost in shelter that we've endured over the last 15 months, 16 months, inflation is actually below 2%. But they choose to have shelter. And there's but a pushback on don't. that too now. A lot of, of people are, there should are be. as a groups are not paying their rent because the rents are just too high. You got it. Too damn high, as and, that guy used yeah. to say. And that's a problem. Yeah. That will be a problem. People just stop, stop paying rent. If that but, mushrooms. Yeah. That, that'll be a big problem. You know. 521 Talk, 521 8255. We will be right back.
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Well, we don't have the numbers yet because July is just about ending, but what do you think July is going to show, Mr. Rushworth? Well, I think our numbers are going to be actually quite positive. The reason I say that is July of last year was not a great year. It was not a great month, sorry. So we started we started tailing a little bit come June. So our June, our July went down, our August went down, our September went down. So this was the tough time last year's market. So once again, it's a tough July as well, but I, I do think our numbers are going to be Fairly comparable. Now, I could be wrong, but I, think, I feel like they could be fairly comparable to what we were seeing last July. Uh, obviously, the average sale price will be down because our July, we are much higher last year than we are right now. So we're still the average sale price is still going to be way different than July of last year. But I think our number of sales and, and our average sale price is, is I think it's going to climb from last month for sure. Uh, you know, when we look at the month, months, uh, the weekly numbers, uh, the new listings by week were had a sharp decrease. Decrease the sold properties by week had a slight decrease, and the average sale price by week actually increased. So I think we might see our average sale price increase over June, but down from July of last year. So is it more accurate now to go month to month compare what happened last month than it is to go a year ago or two years ago? Because the market's been all over the place it's the last been couple of years. All over. I mean, I think our high last year was in March or April at seven hundred and thirty nine thousand as the average sale price, and then we ended the year at six ninety one. So we, we did have quite a dip. It's really hard to compare where we were last year to, to, to this year. So I like to compare month over month from this year. So I want to see where we were. Like, you know, we started at the end of January. Our average sale price was six six twelve. Then it went to like six twenty nine and six forty and six forty six. And you know, so we're we are creeping up. So that's what I'm looking at. Will we get back to the six ninety one that we ended the year last year? I don't think so. We I think we're going to be down on that. Even though some economists are saying we're going to be up four or five percent. That would put us into the you know the mid sevens again, and I don't think we're going to ever get there. We'd have to increase by a hundred grand over the next six months. Are there deals out there? There are deals. There are deals out there, and even with builders now, we're starting to see some builders advertising townhomes for six six fifteen, six twenty, six thirty, um, and then we're starting to see some of the resales now in the five ninety nine to five eighty five to five seventy five. So there are some deals out there. I mean. If you would have told me three years ago, five seventy five for a townhome was a steal and de- steal of a deal. Well, I would have said not a chance. But it's it's the way the market is. They used to be in the sevens. Now we're seeing them and some in the fives and the sixes. So it is a great time to pick up a property, right? If it's you a, can, if you can, it's a great time if you can stom- stomach the mortgages. There are homes that are coming down, and there are some areas like I was doing my homework this morning, and I always look at a certain pocket in Orleans compared to another pocket. Well, when I look at this newer home subdivision in Orleans. There was something like 63 homes on the market. And then I went and looked at the older area. There were six. So there are some areas that are still very listing starved. And then there's other areas that it's a glut of listings on the markets. And those are the areas. Usually the areas that have the new home builders building feverishly in them, there's usually a glut on the market. That's usually what's happening. Why would that be? Well, there's just, there's so many homes hitting the market and they're usually a starter home. So we're seeing a lot of townhomes and terrace homes in certain pockets that are just a glut or on the market. And then you see some of the more mature neighborhoods that don't have the new home building going on in there, that there's usually not a lot for sale in those areas. So, uh, which means sometimes, sometimes you get into a bidding war on those type of areas where it's, you know, you're, you're, you're able to make deals on the other areas. I guess the older homes, people are probably comfortable in the neighborhood and don't move as much. Well, there are. Some of these older neighborhoods, I mean, I look at, uh, you know, the, the I mean, in the East End, I look at the Chapel Hill North and, you know, the, where it's more of an established neighborhood. 
Um, people have been there for years. Sometimes they hand the, the, the hands, they hand the homes down to their kids. There's not a lot of sales that go on in there. And that's historically, there's not a lot, but when you get the new home builders in those areas, a lot of times those are sort of, when you get the track builders in there, those are usually the first time home buyers and the transient ones and the move ups and the move downs. And people are there for three to five years where the established neighbors, they could be there for 20 to 30 years. So that's why we're seeing a little bit more of a glut in some of the newer neighborhoods with the, with the new home builders than we are in the older areas. All right. Now, Frank, can you explain this to me? I'm looking at rates. Why am I worried? And I'm, no, I'm trying to figure out how they come up with the differences between the one, two, three, four, and five. So a one year now is what six seven nine. If you go for a two year, it's six four nine. A three year is six two six. Four year is five nine zero, oh, and a five year is more expensive. And if you want a ten year, it's six point one four. So bond market. Bond market dictates what happens with fixed rates, and that generally exemplifies that there's a recession coming. When the bond markets are inverted the way they are, where the one year is lower than the five year, or is higher than the five year. Yeah. It, it signifies, and, and historically, it signifies that we're we're on the cusp of a recession. Now, we've been saying that for six months, yeah. we're on the cusp of this recession. In the U.S., uh, I, I believe that the Fed's mentioned that maybe we won't hit a recession because, again, things are going much better than they anticipated on the labor front. Now, uh, it's interesting to, to delve down into the numbers that come out. U.S. has done very similar to what Canada's done. The job market's very healthy. Because the public service has hired many more jobs than than expected, so the governments have ramped up their their employment. But so that doesn't give you an accurate number, then. It doesn't give you an accurate number because that's likely to slow down and or maybe stop. Uh, but then that's when we're going to start to see the job numbers retract, because again, the government's been responsible for for the hires, or at least many of the hires that we've seen the job report be so healthy like it has been. So. Um, they have to slow down at some point because, again, I mean, you know, you look at our deficit, our deficit's off the charts, and it's no different on the U.S. side. So eventually that's going to catch up to them, but the question is when, and um, we thought it would be the second half of this year, but now it's feeling more like it's going to be the first half of next year. So what do you do today if your mortgage is due? You if have your mortgage to... is coming due in five months or six yep. months? You have to make your decision based on, you have to... You have to accept the fact that interest rates are the highest that they've been in 22 years. So you have to accept that. You have to accept the fact that hopefully your house value has gone up tremendously as well over the last three or four years so that at least you've got some equity to fall back on. And you may have to adjust your thinking when it comes to your amortization of your mortgage. You could choose a lower-term mortgage if you want and pay a little more. Like you said, the one-year, the two-year, pay a little more, knowing that and expecting that in 2025, rates for sure by 2025 should be lower for a number of factors. Number one, we've got an election likely in 2025. And historically, rates tend to come down during election years, both in, in on the U.S. side and on the Canada side. But the other part is that March 2020 is when COVID came into play, and that's when we saw the interest rates plummet for six months, eight months, 12 months. So therefore, anybody that bought a home, and and in Canada, generally most people take a five-year mortgage. So those maturities are going to start to happen from the summer of 2025 on. And if interest rates are where they are today at that point, 
it's not going to be fun. The market is going to really struggle. The real estate market, we're going to start probably to see what the government doesn't want. Neither the Bank of Canada or the government wants house prices to fall the way they did in the U.S. in 2007, 2008. So the only way to prevent that from happening is for interest rates to come down. So that's why some economists feel that he's doing what he's doing today to make sure that we do go into a recession, which will bring the interest rates down so that in 2025, we won't have interest rates where they are today. And when they come down, they won't come down as fast as they went up. No. Well, in 2025, depending on what happens. But I, that's why I think, I think his plan is to start have rates start to come down in 2024 so that they gradually come down, keep that inflation number close to 2%, between 2 and 3%, and get to the point where they continually come down so that as we hit the middle of 2025, when those mortgages come up for maturity, the five-year mortgages are maybe in the threes, where there's going to be an increase but it's not going to be as significant as it is today. And, ooh, look, it's election time. Look yeah, rates, shocker, <laughs> shocker. Let's get those rates down. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. It's time for uh, real estate agent tips. Do not drink milk in somebody's house. Yes, that's funny. <laughs> Where was that again? Is that in Toronto in or Vancouver? BC. Yeah, so you were telling me that this morning some some realtor was showing the home and went through and drank milk right from the carton and put it right back in the fridge and there was a camera. <laughs> he was alone in the house and getting it ready and... You know what? So you got fine, pretty good, twenty grand. Yeah, I I, t- I tell my agents when they're showing homes with clients, shut your mouth when you're walking through the house because there's cameras and recording devices everywhere. And you forget about you that. forget and and listen and it's not no it's not to comment on some of their stuff or their things or that it's giving away or tipping your hand right like so if if I'm going through and I'm showing someone the house and they're like oh my god I love this house I'd pay double this price it's such a gorgeous house. And the sellers are listening to that. They know what you're willing to pay. And the other thing too, is I tell the agents, like when you're walking through the house with the clients, don't be pointing out and saying, this is ugly. And look at how ugly this is. And look at this one, it's insulting. And two, you know, it's, if you want to give some feedback, give some proper feedback to the agent when you're done the showing. It's almost like when you go through a house today, you have to say, save your questions until we're done. hundred percent. Because there's ring cameras, there's recording devices, there's always cameras which shouldn't be in place. Like, I, no, I, mean, I that's agree. That's an infringement I of agree. privacy. Like, I totally agree. You should be able to walk in a house and not be recorded or be watched yep. when you're walking. Or at least house. warned. At least told that yeah. there's there's recording devices. Because I in, you want to look through things too, right? The other thing too is uh, we've had some sellers that be like, "No, I want to be here for the showings." I'm like, "That's the worst thing you can do." Because yeah. if I'm buying that house, I want to look through the cupboards. I want to see the space. I want to look through things. I and you'll s- spend less time in the house. If you the you totally there. will. You're not going to open up closets. So you don't know how big a closet is. You're not going to open up things and look at things. You're not going to say anything. You're just going to walk through. And so I always I tell would. I always tell the owners, listen. Step outside. I don't care if you're working from home. Step outside. Let them have free reign of the house. That's why you're selling your house. And and just be careful what you say when you go through people's homes, you know. But that's it. When you're selling a house, it's not your house anymore. So, it's 100%. So get out of there and let the trusted agent do their job. It's 100% not your house. And people are like, well, are they going to steal something? 
No, you're walking through with a bonded real estate agent who's walking through with their clients. It's not as if we say, okay, you go to the basement, I'll go upstairs. Yeah. You're always with your clients. You're always watching what they're doing. Um, so yeah, the, the one, the sellers- Just don't leave milk in the fridge. Just don't leave milk in the fridge for an agent <laughs> to drink that. Yeah. But no, I, listen, I've seen some wacky things on showings and I've actually seen some wacky things in houses too. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll bet. Oh yeah. There's some wacky, wacky things. Do you run into much more furniture that's covered in- Plastic. Oh, just at, just that Frank's house. Just that Frank's house. I think it's attractive. My my 55-year-old couch is in great condition still. He's never sat on it, but it's in great condition. <laughs> Frank is now at the age where he uses uh, bubble wrap, so we can yeah. blame the bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. No, but we do see, we are starting to see a few more uh, kitchens in the basement, like second kitchens and that, um, mainly because during COVID, we saw a lot of people move in together, right? Are you starting to see more people renovating and trying to add a room they can rent? Well, especially the way mortgages are right now. That's what I mean. Everything's so expensive. I was in two houses actually yesterday with uh, with some clients that both houses were renting a room in the basement. Yeah. Both houses. And um, usually you don't see that, but... You know, like you'll see it if it's, you know, maybe your teenage son's living downstairs or something like that, but you don't usually see renting out a room in the basement to somebody. We're seeing it more now. Uh, one, rent's so expensive too. So people are looking for cheaper rental options as well. So instead of, you know, paying, you know, $2,500 for a townhome, maybe you're paying $900 for a basement apartment or something like that. And because the rent's so crazy, Prices are so crazy. People are looking for alternative uh, alternative opportunities, and that's what's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, they got to offset some of that cash flow. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of families, multiple families in houses as well. Um, parents move back in, kids move back in. I mean, it's just the way things are going, how unaffordable things are. It, people are making things work, and, and some of them are renting out rooms and moving family back in. That's what's happening. What kind of creative things are you seeing? Are you seeing more friends trying to get mortgages together to start out? We're family seeing, members? We're seeing that. We're seeing parents come to terms with the fact that they need to help their kids. Otherwise, their kids aren't moving out. So, um, How many times is that conversation, Frank, can you call them? Because uh, Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. I'll, I'll have a chat with the kids and they'll say that my parents are willing to help. Then I have a chat with the parents and Generally, the parents say, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'll write them and I'll say, like, do you want all four of us to have a, a Teams call or meet? And they'll say, no, 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 we got to have our conversation with you first before we talk to our kids because they want to understand what they're signing up for. They want to understand how it impacts them moving forward. And in a lot of cases, you've got parents that have multiple kids. So what they do for one, they feel they have to do for the others. So that's where it gets really tricky. Not in my, not in the case of my family. Oh no, <laughs> they do everything for my sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure your mom's listening to this, yeah. having fun right now. Would uh, you like to lie down on the couch we have prepared uh, for yeah. your mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, listen, the guarantor program is still the best secret that's out there. That really isn't promoted very. Uh, very much, uh, only because the major banks don't offer it. Major banks offer cosigner. Cosigner, you're on title. You are re- equally responsible for the mortgage, and it shows up on your credit report so that it could impact your borrowing power moving forward. Where, as a guarantor, you're still technically responsible for the mortgage, but it doesn't show up on your credit bureau, and you're not on title. So, for many parents. They're very comfortable with the guarantor program because they feel like their kids are responsible enough that they'll make the payments, 
They just don't qualify in today's wacky world of qualifying. If you're a guarantor, are you getting statements to make sure the mortgage is paid? You're not. The only time that the lender's generally contacting you uh, is if there's a problem. So if a payment's been missed, they'll contact you and say, just want to let you know that you're guarantor on this mortgage and you know your son Richard has missed a payment. So um, at that point, it's just a letter. It's just a, yeah, yeah. hey, FYI. If it gets to the point where it gets serious, that's when the lender comes back and says, okay, now we're three months behind and we're in the process of starting legal action unless you want to bring the payments up to date. And if you're a guarantor and you have questions and you would like a statement from the bank, will they send it to you? They will because you're a guarantor on the mortgage. What they'll do is they'll ask, again, where it gets tricky is if you're not in speaking terms with your child that you that you guarantee the mortgage. Well, why would you guarantee tricky. the mortgage if you're not no, no, no. speaking This terms. would be after the fact. This yeah, after after the fact, fact right? Yeah. That something's happened. And so, you know, if that's the case, then it might be more difficult. That being said, I think you have a legal right to find out what's going on. If, if they're asking you to make the payment, then you yeah, guarantee the mortgage. At what time can you, can you come off that mortgage? I know when I got my first- When they qualify on their own. Okay. I know when I got yeah. my first mortgage, uh, I was still a young buck and I bought a cottage in Quebec and I needed my parents on that mortgage. Um, but eventually it was like after three or four years, I think they came right off the mortgage and I was the only one on the mortgage, I believe. Yeah. And a lot of people think they have to wait until the mortgage matures. That's not true. Uh, you know, it could be a year or two, you know, we've done mortgages where the parents have had to guarantee because they've just gotten a brand new job. They're on probation. So the lender is not comfortable approving the mortgage based on the fact that they really don't have a secure job yet. So in that scenario, sometimes it happens six months afterwards to make sure that they're now full time. No, no probation. They've got time, time in the labor market, and all of a sudden they qualify on their own. So then it's just an application to the lender to say, "Hey, my parents are are guarantees uh, guarantors on the mortgage. Here's my updated income information." They'll pull a credit check on the person, and if they qualify on their own, they'll remove the parents as guarantors. That's a great, great program. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing way to get into the market for these young kids. Yeah. So you're requalifying on your own mortgage. You don't have to jump through all kinds of hoops or anything. You the get, mortgage you continues retain the, the same way it mortgage. is. Everything stays the way it is. Nothing changes with the exception of the guarantors get, get pulled off. And That's if all. they default, if they don't pay their mortgage, it basically, you still, you still are liable. You're liable, but you know, at that point, it depends. I mean, if the lender loses money, that's that's where the risk is. If so, so if the lender sells the house and they're at a loss, that's where they can come after the guarantor for the loss. But money. you don't let it get to that point. You generally won't. I mean, in I mean, many be, because cases, when you get to that point, you've got huge lawyers' fees. Yep, you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked at how many people call us and say, "I need to, I need to sell my house ASAP." And why is that? The bank sent me a letter saying they're taking the house in three weeks. That's where the guaranteed program comes in that you have because yeah. once. Once you implement that guaranteed program, then the lender backs off yes. because now they know that the property sold. But if you're just listing it, the lender can still continue to take action yep. until it's sold. So, But how many payments do you have to miss before you get that final 90 letter? days in Canada, 90 days is that magic number. So you know when we talk about arrears being at record levels, low levels still, even though they've gone up a little bit, it's 90 days. So- what the lenders have told us and the default insurers have told us, they're starting to see an inc- a bigger increase in the 30-day and up to 60 days. But generally speaking, the 90-day, which is the really the, the key number, because yeah. at, at the 90 days when legal action starts, those numbers are still very, very low. They've seen the increase in the 30 and the 60 with Canadians struggling. Now, that means that 
again, within the next month, two months, three months, we're going to see that 90-day number go up because these people are struggling. But, you know, I think what we're going to see is those people put their properties up for sale because if they've owned them for a number of years, at least they've got some equity built into the property. At least they can get out. If you're in trouble, you got to do it sooner than later. You You really have to do it sooner than later. I I had a situation where I had to change some of my banking details and I had to change my account that my mortgage comes out of. So I went into the bank and they set it all up for me and they transferred the mortgage into this new account and it just comes out of my, my account every two weeks. I get a call from the bank one day saying, you know, it looked like a suspicious call and it's like, yeah, you know, give us a call. You're behind on your mortgage. And I'm like, I'm never behind on my mortgage. It comes right out of my account. So I just ignored the call, get a call a couple of days later from a different person saying the same thing. And I'm like, is this a scam or not? I better call. So I called and they knew everything about my accounts. They knew everything about my mortgage. I had to do all these security questions. They're like, Mr. Rushforth, you're two months behind on your mortgage. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? I guess they didn't They didn't match the mortgage to the account and I wasn't paying my mortgage. So money wasn't being Money wasn't coming. So I'm like, I'm like, I can't be two months behind. They're like, you're two months behind. I'm like, you know what? This is exactly what we talk about on the radio yeah. show. I'm that guy. <laughs> you know, this happens to people that have a lot of money that don't realize it. That's what happens to. So if you're a month behind, let's say you miss a payment for a month. And you go, okay, this is not looking good for me. I got to sell this house. Will the bank work with you if you get an agent? Yes. Um, but at the not month always. mark. Not no, always. no, but at the month mark, they're not really taking legal action at that point. Again, no, no, no. But will they understand the then if you have a problem the second month that for you're, sure. you're trying to sell? At least you're being proactive, even though you may be late on it. We're pushing right now. Our association's pushing the government and OSFI. To, to maybe implement something in place for Canadians that are struggling with the higher interest rates for the banks to do something similar that we saw during the pandemic where they were giving three months and six months of payment relief. <laughs> so we're pushing for that to be an option. Now, most lenders have skip a payment options within their mortgages so you can skip a payment. I always recommend get ahead of it. Don't wait until you're in arrears because it's much t- tougher. They They really start grilling you at that point where – And not to mention the fact that if your credit bureau, again, Canadians need to understand that mortgage payments show up on credit bureaus now. They never used to, and and over the last number of years, they have. Lenders struggle to approve you if you've missed a mortgage payment. So that's why it's critical not to miss a mortgage payment. You're better off to get to your financial institution ahead of time. Explain the situation, whether it's a job loss, whether... Just the world is collapsing on you and you just can't afford everything because of the cost. They should be able to work with you. If you have a mortgage that's been default insured, so when you bought it, you bought with less than 20% down, CMHC, Canada Guarantee, and SAGENT all have programs to help Canadians. So they can make the decision and protect the bank by saying, listen, we're okay. we've talked to this client. We're okay with them over the next three months just paying the interest. They don't have to make the principal payment. Just let them pay the interest, and we're okay with it. So, so they give the authorization to the bank. Because ultimately, if, if a mortgage has been default insured, that means the bank is protected from any loss moving right. forward. So the default insurer is taking that responsibility on. So to, to piggyback off that, when you're asking, will these banks work with a, a realtor or work with the client if they have it listed? Yes and no. I've had it happen both ways where the bank says, you know what? You basically have 30 days to sell this house. And if you don't, we're taking the property. 
most banks don't want to do that. Yeah, they, they don't they want don't, the property, They don't right? want. So they know that they're listed with a reputable realtor and we're showing them where we believe it should be priced. A lot of times they will say, okay, we'll grant that extension, but let's get it sold. So we aggressively try to get it sold. But I've had a couple banks where they said, nope, here is your deadline. Get it sold by this date and here's how much they owe. You can't go below that. The bank ended up taking the house over if we couldn't get it sold. Wow. Depending on what happens in the next year or two, you may be doing a lot of guarantees. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that I think that what might happen when people's mortgages come up, they might. there's going to be a lot of people who will be selling their property. Yeah. And doing what? I don't know. Yeah. Are but it depends right? what happens in the next year or two. I think so too. I, I, hopefully the rates are where they should be and people can then you know afford that mortgage. 521-TALK, 521-8255, back with our final segment on Lasagna Day, National <laughs> Lasagna Day, where Frank's having steak for some reason. Some reason, yeah. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Paul Rushworth here, Frank DiPolitano here. It is just humming along, eh, boys? Listen, is it worth renovating now? Maybe even taking out a loan to renovate that? Put a separate entrance into your house and maybe a separate bathroom if you want to rent out the bottom portion of your home. Would it add any value at the end of the day? So the answer is yes and the answer is no. Uh, One, are you really going to take out a loan right now with the way the rates are to renovate your property? Depends how much return you get. Yeah, yeah, If you have a home that's free and clear, you might want to do it to try and make money. Yeah, but you might. You might, but... Um, you got to do it the right way for one and two depends on like, are you saying to do this to eventually sell it? And it, does it add money? No, to both. Your- like, first of all, you'd want to do it in order to recruit yes. some money. So you maybe get an extra thousand bucks a month or yep. maybe even a little bit more if you do it upright. And we're it seeing- might cost you 30 grand to do it. So we're seeing a lot of people do that. We're seeing a lot of people, uh, people's mentality has changed a lot since COVID, uh, changed a lot since the rates have gone up, changed a lot since the, the prices have gone up. And we are seeing people who are putting accessory apartments in. We're seeing people who are uh, sometimes not even putting accessory apartments in. They're okay with someone using their front door, walking through their living room, going down to their room. Uh, so we're seeing a bit of both. Would it be advantageous right now, the way the prices are and the way the rates are? And if you need to get by, absolutely, adding a little income there. If you're doing it to sell your home, there's not a ton of value there unless it's in an area that craves that. Like if you're doing it in suburbia, probably not a lot of value in that. But if you're doing it in Hintonburg or in the Glebe or somewhere like that, where you can add some extra income to your property as well as make it more of an investment for someone, someone moving into the house, knowing they have some income coming in, then yes, there is some value to that. And we are seeing that, but we saw it starting through COVID is when we saw it. So regardless of interest rates, regardless of prices, People were doing it through COVID. Are people searching out those types of properties? They are, but it's like a needle in a haystack. There's not a lot, a lot of people that are doing that. Uh, You might have someone who's a savvy investor who realizes that, you know what? I can buy this property. I want to live in it. I could rent out that basement and then eventually I can move out and rent out the top. So we are seeing some investors looking for that type. One, because just a simple townhome terrace house as an investment right now. You're underwater, yeah. right? But if you can get something where you have more doors under one roof or more people paying you under one roof, that becomes a good investment. So we're seeing things like duplexes, triplexes, accessory apartments, things like that, that are still a good investment. Um, a lot of times you're not upside down on those, but you have to get them for a good dollar. And a lot of times you're buying some duplex or triplex in, in, a, in a sort of an investment type of area. 
you're paying upwards of a million dollars to start. So, I mean, you, you, you do have to find a, a good property in a good area that you can get for a good deal. Um, but, but that's the really the only way to make money investing in real estate right now, the way the rates are, is getting more doors under one roof. Does it make sense to buy a fixer-upper these days, Frank, if you got to take out some money? <laughs> well, the Purchase Plus Improvement Program is out there for, for scenarios like that. The problem is, are you know, I think finding investment properties that that give you even neutral cash flow, never mind positive cash flow, but even neutral cash flow, are really difficult to find these days unless you're looking in the outskirts. And, you know, I've got a client that's moving to New Brunswick. So they've decided that it's too expensive to live here. They're able to work from home. Uh, their, their companies have said that if you want to move somewhere else and you're having a hard time making ends meet, uh, you can move somewhere else. And their family's from New Brunswick. Well, they're in the process of putting an offer on a five-bedroom, four-bathroom house, $299,000 in New Brunswick. So for them, they're looking at it saying, we can sell our townhouse here for between five and $550,000. And we can get that home and have virtually no mortgage, a very small mortgage, and continue to work our jobs and and we're closer to family. So why do you think why do you think Toronto people are moving here? Yep. Yeah. Right? Toronto people are moving here because yeah, they're paying six fifty for a townhome, but they're like, wow, that's a steal. That's a that's a million dollars in Toronto, right? A million plus in Toronto. So we have a lot of Toronto people that are doing the same thing as this couple that are moving to New Brunswick. They're like, you know what? If my company allows me to work from home. And I can move to Ottawa and pay way less. I can pay cash for that home. That's what they're doing. And so a, a good chunk of our, our buyers right now are actually Toronto buyers. But I mean, Toronto, you need more than $200,000 to qualify for a home these days. Yeah, it's 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 ludicrous. And and there's, you know. And, and 20% down. Unless you're buying right. less than a million, you need 20% down. So all of a sudden, you're not only, never mind, an income of 200000 you need a down payment of 200000 to get to get into the market. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, some of those areas, like you look, I mean, even when I'm part of my coaching program, when I'm talking to all these agents where their average sale price is, you know, three, four, five million dollars or in Huntington Beach or one of these different California communities, I'm like, what do people do there to afford those type of things? Like, yeah. I, I don't know too many people that can move there and pay five million dollars for a home. Are and then just, you got to live after that. Well, then you have to live after that. And it's not cheap living there, too. So I'm like, is everyone a president of a company or a CEO or what does everyone do here? There's be a lot that? of lottery winners these days. There, seriously. Well, it's well, either that seriously. or we're seeing a, you know, we're seeing the, the average income population come down. And then we're seeing, listen, I, I was in California a year ago. The amount of homeless, ho- homeless people that I saw. Off the charts. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Uh, have you gone but through downtown the Ottawa? Way. But then you've got it the other way. Nothing compared to Lo- Los Angeles. No. Nothing compared no, to Los no, Angeles. No, no. I agree. So. Birthdays. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, one of our top agents and been with us for a long time and great golfer, Darren Sador, celebrating his birthday this week. Same day as my beautiful favorite mother-in-law who's celebrating her birthday on uh, on Thursday as well. So those man birthday. points go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, those, my favorite mother-in-law. I tell her all the time. <laughs> By far my favorite mother-in-law. <laughs> that's it that's it that's it I I have some I have stuff next week I don't have anything this week though so oh you don't want to tease you can say it twice you know <laughs> no it's because I haven't looked at my list <laughs> <laughs> Paul at paulrushforth.com Frank N at mortgagebrokersottawa.com we all getting on LRT now no. uh, not not for a while I don't think not right? a chance have a great weekend and please continue to support local businesses and charities everyone